Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And guess what? Tomorrow it will be BMAZ and Beamer, 9 o'clock here on WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline. My name's Joe Beamer. Uh, here on News Radio 930 WBEN, continuing our discussion on Wednesday's incident outside McKinley High School, we bring in Council Member Joe Golombek. Joe, good uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, Joe. Uh, now let's take us back to uh, to Wednesday. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news of the incident outside McKinley High School? Uh, it was disbelief. It was disgust. Uh... You know, in a way, though, I, I was not surprised because we've had some problems there over the past several years. Um, and not all of it has been, you know, I want people to understand something. Not all of it has been McKinley High School children. Um, we had problems along that strip of Elmwood where we had kids coming in there, and some of them were 18-, 19-year-old non-school-attending uh, kids. And they were causing trouble in that little strip of land over there, and they were going after McKinley kids. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit more complex of an issue than just, you know, uh, inside McKinley High School. And, you know, we, we have one, uh, one suspect in custody and a, a few more out there. Let me ask you, have, have you talked to some of the parents, some of the kids of McKinley High School, and what were their thoughts, uh, what were their thoughts to the incident Wednesday, and then what were their thoughts to just the uptick in violence in school in general? Um, I've spoken to parents uh, in the district, and there's just, you know, shock. There's disappointment. Uh, schools, you know, should be safe zones, you know, for their children and for the teachers. And for something like this to happen, it's just awful. And no parent should have to worry about their child going to school and not coming home in one piece at the end of the day. So there, you know, there is a fear factor that's there. I've spoken to a few teachers you know, that have said that, you know, gang activity in the city in general, um, and they think at McKinley in particular, is a real problem. I think it's been exacerbated by two years of COVID. Um, You know, it's just, I think it was in certain regards, you know, a powder keg waiting to explode. Yeah, you know, that, that's interesting. People, You hear that. We talked about it on Wednesday night. We took calls, and, you know, people were, were pointing to um, – to COVID, you know, being out of school for uh, for almost two years. You know, leading up to Wednesday, how many incidents would you say you were alerted of? And obviously, not to the extent of Wednesday, but just you know, random fights in the hallway, you know, escalating of violence. Uh, how many of that had you heard of since the return back from COVID? Um, 
I, not a lot of the problems in the school, but uh, I get phone calls more when there's problems along that strip of territory along Elmwood Avenue between the school and Amherst Street. And I have probably gotten this school year maybe seven or eight separate incidents uh, that have happened there. You know, and I was in touch with the, uh, uh, the acting principal, and they were very, very quick to jump on top of things. And I was very satisfied with the response. We worked with the Buffalo Police Department's community police officers. And, you know, I think that we were able to nip some of that in the bud. But once again, that was where we were running into not the children not all being Buffalo, uh, uh, Buffalo public school children and certainly not McKinley High School children. Um, they were older adults uh, or older kids, 17, 18, 19 years old, that were going there and congregating. And that was where the concern about drug act- or uh, gang activity uh, came into my mind. Now, I-, I know a lot of, you know, there's a lot of activity, as you said, not at the school, not on school grounds. Um, but do you think that that st- some of this stuff could be addressed at the school level? And what would you like to see the district do following this incident? Well, one thing that I think is, is imperative, and I alluded to this on Wednesday, and I think it was slightly taken out of context. When I was interviewed uh, on one of the TV stations, I was asked if there would have been police there, you know, if they could have averted this tragedy. And I said, yes, absolutely. I was talking about uh, the, the, the tragedy that occurred after school uh, was let out. You know, in the old days, they used to have a police car or two that would sit outside of the high school. And whether it was directly on school property or across the street and keeping an eye on things, I think that they need to, you know, have surveillance. And once again, because part of the problem at McKinley, and it might be a big part, is the outside agitators that are coming in. And I think that that is very, very necessary. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that's probably, you know, the, I, I don't really know how you make a, a school a complete safe uh, zone. You know, I don't necessarily think that, you know, constant armed security guards help. Um, you know, I, I hate the idea of metal detectors because that makes it look like, you know, it's a, it, like you're entering and exiting a prison. You know, at the same time, I've had parents that have said, well, what are you going to do? And thank goodness it's not my decision. You know, there is a Board of Education that, uh, sh- you know, should be addressing this uh, stronger, m- with much more strength than they are. It's actually disappointing. I haven't heard anything uh, from uh, mo- uh, any of the North Buffalo uh, representatives. Um, it's like, oh, well, we'll wish it away and it'll stop. You know, it's, it's a much more deeper crisis. Uh, than just this one incident happening. And it really exacerbated uh, over the past three or four years. You, you know, to the, to the thought of the metal detectors, and I know you said that it, it's not an idea you're crazy about, but if you look at, you know, any other government building here in Erie County, um, you have to walk through metal detectors. Do you think that's a, a, a realistic? Again, I know it's not something that you 100% support, but since it's it's on other county or other government level buildings, uh, do you think that would be a, a, a realistic next step? Um. I hope not. Uh, I, I don't like that we have the metal detectors in City Hall, but sadly, you know, I've talked to the security guards and we've gotten monthly reports that they've gotten knives and sharpened screwdrivers and stuff like that away from people. And, 
I, I just hope that we don't get to that point. I mean, it's, it's very it's very sad what this world has come to. And, you know, I, I blame, to to be quite blunt, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I think we live in a very extreme society right now. And I think that you have people on both the extreme right and the extreme left that think that it's okay to protest, which it is, and that it's okay when those protests turn violent, which it's not. And I don't care if you're from the left or you're from the right. I don't care what your cause is. When you cross that line and you become violent and you start destroying things, this has an impact on what young people see. And they suddenly think, oh, well, this is okay. You know, I've seen adults doing this. And it's not just a fringe group. We saw a couple of summers ago. We saw on January 6th. You know, it's a lot of people that not only participated in these events, but ended up, then ended up defending them. Well, what kind of a message do you send to young people? Oh, it's all right. If you don't get your way, you can then get violent. You know, that seems to be the message that's being sent out. And so I think a lot of it comes from, you know, adults sending just a terrible message uh, to young people. And I, I, Joe, I have to say this: I am I'm very happy that you said it. It is on you know the the extremes of both sides, and I, I think that's it's rare to hear someone point out that it's on both sides, on the extremes of both sides. And I, I'm glad you did, and I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, what at, what at the government level at City Hall could be done to address this violence, or what is being done at the government level to address this violence, the uptick in violence? Uh, are you talking? If you're talking about the schools, of course, that's something that we don't really get involved with um, because of the Board of Education. Um, but I can tell you that in you know uh, my council district, I've worked very closely uh, with the principals or acting principals at McKinley. I've worked with D District with Chief Fahey and the community police officers. I've worked with the neighbors and the businesses in that immediate area. And everybody worked very, very well together. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as we nipped things in the bud, two or three or four weeks later, it seemed like we started to have these problems again. And once again, I want to reiterate that, you know, some of the problems, and maybe a lot of the problems, but at least some of them, we know for a fact that it was not McKinley or Buffalo Public School children. You know, it was potentially, you know, gang activity. Uh, older kids that were coming over there that had a beef with these younger kids that were, in fact, going to McKinley High School uh, looking for trouble. So it's a, I think it's something that does need to be addressed multifaceted um, from the Board of Ed because whatever happens in McKinley does spread out. And uh, to the other extent, whatever happens in the community also goes into McKinley. So... Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to address this as as we find out more about what's happening there. Yeah, because on Wednesday it wasn't only the stabbing at McKinley; there was a stabbing uh, near Niagara Square as well, and that suspect is still on the loose. Uh, a 16-year-old um, sent to O'Shea's Children's Hospital. So, as you keep, as you've been saying, it is something that is also going on outside the schools as well. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And. You know, I, and I get reports. I still have friends from when I taught in the Buffalo Public Schools, uh, teachers that will call me up and say, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe this. Oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe, uh, you know, that this happened. And, you know, I just want to make sure that our schools are a safe zone. <clears throat> I'm the son of immigrants. And, you know, my parents pounded away in me 
that you are going to get an education, and education is the way to go in the future. I have the most diverse district in the city of Buffalo. Um, the census tracts uh, around my house are literally the most diverse districts in the city of Buffalo. And the new Americans that are living in my neighborhood sometimes talk to me and say, we don't understand. The people here have so many things, and they don't appreciate them. We didn't have an education system like this in the Congo, in Burma, uh, in wherever it was uh, that they were from. And, you know, we appreciate being here. And, you know, those are some of the people that are the most concerned in the district that they don't want their children falling into a gang-like lifestyle, and they want their children to go to school for those seven hours and actually learn and be productive during that time. Joe, another thing that uh, we've talked about, and I, I know you've been on uh, on the station talking about it, is uh, you know the problems we've seen with snow removal. Have we made any uh, any advancement on that? How do you how did you feel the last snowstorm went compared to uh, the one on Martin Luther King Day? Um, I thought that it was much better <clears throat> the second one. Uh, I wasn't pleased <laughs> with the response because it wasn't uh, perfect, um, but you know I thought they did a much better job. And I was walking around the neighborhood, and I was trying to drive uh, to go to hot spots so that I could take pictures myself and see what was going on. And in almost every case in the Black Rock and Riverside parts of my district, it was the illegal cars that were parked on the wrong side of the street that were stopping plows from coming down. And I think that in Black Rock, Riverside alone, that they ticketed and towed approximately 50 cars, if not more. And so those are cars on every one of our streets that not only stop the plow from going down one street, but it stops them from going on the route that they were on. And so you end up having problems where they miss a street or two or three. And so, therefore, that's been the reason why I've been proposing um, the program that they're using in Syracuse, which is a GPS program, which our trucks uh, do have right now, but we don't have a program that is open to the public that you could sit down at your computer and you could take a look and say, hey, I live on X Street, uh, where are the plows? And this program, from what I understand, it shows you, like with a five-minute lapse, everything that's taken, part, taken place in the city of Buffalo, you would know where every snow plow was, and it also shows, like, uh, where there are problems with uh, parking. And what's good about this program is I believe that it also would send from the snowplow drivers directly to the parking violations people so that there would not be as much time lost when they find out that there's uh, cars on such and such a street blocking the plows. Um, so I think it's something that would help spread information. Uh, to residents in the city of Buffalo. I think it would help with the snow removal process. Um, I think it would be a win-win. And the good news is the same company that runs uh, the uh, Syracuse program is the computer company that we use for the city of Buffalo. So we would need to come up with like forty to $50,000 in that range to be able to go online so that residents of the city of Buffalo could see and track and know what's going on in not only their neighborhood but the entire city. Joe, before I let you go, any thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl this evening? I'm certainly rooting for all of my numbers. <laughs> there it is. An honest prediction. I like it. Councilmember Joe Golombek, thank you so much for joining me this morning. All right. Thank you, Joe. Take care.
That is Buffalo City Council Member Joe Golombek commenting on the McKinley High School incident, the uptick in violence overall, and also the the developments on improving snow removal throughout the city. Uh, This is Hardline. It is Sunday morning. We are almost done with the first hour. When we come back, Dave Leventhal from Business Insider joining us at 1130. Uh, When we come back, we're going to kind of recap what happened throughout the week, uh, including an interview from A New Morning with Larry Scott. So much left here on Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 